Back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Friends, the next disaster, nay, I say dumpster fire of a legislative session will be just in a few weeks in January when uh, the totally leftist-dominated state capital gets back together and decides on ways to scheme to get money out of your pockets and into their coffers. So what are we to do? Well, in our arguments against this government spending, we noticed this argument popping up from the leftists that says that efforts to try to cut taxes and reduce spending actually harms the state. And they point to Kansas under Governor Sam Brownback as the example of why this failed. So joining us on the show is Dave Trobert. He's the CEO of the Kansas Policy Institute. He's written extensively about this. So, Dave, let's get into what Sam Brownback was proposing. So he gets elected, and I've known Sam for years. I knew him when he was a U.S. senator. I knew when he was him was the ambassador uh, on international religious freedom issues. I like Sam a lot. So Sam gets elected, and what is his plan to cut taxes and spending in the state? So his initial proposal, well, his proposal would have been a $350 million tax cut over five years. That's really small. I mean, basically $70 million a year is hardly a tax cut, but that's what his proposal was. Uh, When it went through the House, by the time it came out, uh, it was about a billion dollars over five years. That's, That's a small tax cut. You're still talking a couple hundred million dollars a year in a budget, a general fund budget at the time that was around six billion. So it was, a, you know, it would have helped, but it was uh, it was still not a, an enormous tax cut. Well, this was 2012. It was an election year. And there were uh, again, we had this mentality we talked about in the previous segment. We don't want Brownback to succeed as a conservative governor. So that plan leaves the House at a billion dollars, and the Senate, which was dominated by moderates, bumped it to $3.5 billion, ten times what Brownback proposed. Part of the thinking was, we'll put this up where no one would dare sign it, and then they get to go out and campaign on, look, we tried to cut taxes but Brownback wouldn't go for it. So we, we still, you know, Kansas then was in its fourth consecutive decade of economic stagnation, falling farther and farther behind the nation in job growth and economic activity. Now we're in our fifth straight decade. Governor Brownback knew that we needed to cut taxes. So after a lot of haggling back and forth, he signed the bill and he, he rather well, it passes the House. The House went ahead and confirmed, concurred on the Senate. So now it lands on his desk. He has 10 days to sign the bill or let it go into effect uh, without his signature. During those 10 days, Governor Brownback and Speaker of the House Mike O'Neill were in begging the, Dem- the, the moderates in the Senate and the Democrats cut this back come to us with something smaller, put some of the pay fors back in because it, it was, you know, they, they, there were, they were saying 
give us these options. We don't want to go this far. And the Senate uh, said, no, we're going to play chicken. And we're going to make you either sign a bad bill or, and, and we're going to get credit. And, and so he knew, knew we needed something. He said, look, if we don't sign this, we're never going to get something. His budget director said, go ahead, sign it. I have a plan of how we can balance the budget. We'll avoid any deficits in two years. So he signs the bill. Unfortunately, then he wouldn't push for the changes that his state budget director showed him what needed to be done. And, and, and so we, we ended up with this mess. And, you know, what you said, you know, Governor Brownback, he's one of the nicest people you'd ever meet. Mm-hmm. He, he's just he's a gentleman. He wants everybody to do well. Unfortunately, he he kind of shies away from controversy. So this whole back and forth, this, I mean, bare knuckle brawl over whether we're going to reduce spending, uh, just it, it just turned his stomach. And, and he, he wouldn't stand up and fight for uh, basically for the tax cuts that he knew Kansas needed. And over time, it gradually uh, went away. Now, when... When we had uh, when this first was introduced, we had conservatives coming to us saying, "Look, we love this idea. We know we need to reduce uh, taxes, but how are we going to operate government on less money?" And the answer is, there's really only one thing that determines how much any government entity must tax, and that's how much it chooses to spend providing services. You know. Every state provides the same basic basket of services. There's education and transportation, social services, uh, you name it. But some states spend a tremendous amount more than others. So, for example, uh, back then it was around 34% difference, where the, the states that tax income spent 34% more per resident than the states without an income tax. That's only gotten worse. Now it's about 55% uh, more. They spend 55% more. And, and, and I mean, it's just crazy. It's, it's nothing more than if you spend less, you don't have to tax as much. And if you spend less, you also, when you tax less, you grow more. If you look at uh, the growth factors, like, uh, and this is from 1998 to 2021, the states with no income tax saw a 57% growth in private sector employment. The rest of the country that taxes income saw 25% growth. You see similar gaps in GDP growth. It's if you basically, if you spend less, you tax less and you grow more. And and so now we look at where is it, you know, that's, let's look at Colorado. In 2021, Colorado spent $3,577 per resident. We get, we get every state spending from the National Association of State Budget Officers. We pull out federal spending, and we pull out any spending that they've identified that's related to the issuance of debt. Everything else is let's say $3,600 per resident in Colorado. Well, Idaho, it's 2,800. Nevada, it's 3,200. North Carolina, it's 3,300. Florida, 2,500. 
and Texas, $2,100 per resident. (laughs) It clearly can be done. You know, it's not because Texas has all, all that oil or Florida has the tourism. You could have all the oil and tourism in the world and still have a high tax burden if you spent more. Yeah. Yeah. You have a bigger government, you're going to spend more, and then you have to tax more. It can be done, and we see it done all over the country. So it really comes down to uh, looking at where you stand, and if other states are doing it, you know, for Colorado, it's could we could we reduce spending by a couple hundred dollars a resident, and that's the amount of tax relief we can provide. But then, but done. then there's there's real suffering, right? So in the article that you wrote, media revisits Brownback and Laffer derangement sin- syndrome to oppose tax relief. You kind of point this out that uh, you know the the media talks about how teachers will flee, prisoners rioted, state agencies crumbled. So the basic services necessary that we all rely upon are going to crumble unless they get the tax dollars they need. Mm-hmm. So what, you what, know, and it's, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it's interesting when, when, and this is, this is a, a one way that, that people can really tell if someone's pulling their leg. If it, and they did this in Kansas and it sounds like they're doing it in Colorado. If you do this, that will happen. Well, taxes have been cut for decades in many states. Did it happen? Of course not. If it did happen, they would be saying, look what happened, not here's what will happen. They can't point to anything that confirms the scare tactic. So they just stick with the scare. And we and, and most people will say, oh, I guess we don't want to do that. But what's happened? Uh, Florida and Texas don't have an income tax. Have people left? No. Are, are, are teachers resigning? No. Because what it comes down to is you can provide the same or better quality service at a better price. You know, Florida has, uh, it's a pretty big state. They are among the top five states for student achievement, according to the National Assessment of Education Progress. Guess what? They do it while spending five to six thousand dollars per student less than the national average <laughs> government wants you to believe and in many cases the, the people saying this and this is important they believe it because it's been their experience you know especially teachers teachers are i mean students get the most abuse in the public education system teachers are the second most abused group they're constantly told these mean legislators won't give us enough money, and that's why you have to pay for supplies out of your pocket. That's why you're underpaid. It's this, it's this, it's this. And, and you know, people, most people aren't politically motivated. They just want to do their job. Right. But it doesn't happen. It does not happen. Did anyone flee North Carolina? Did anyone <laughs> flee Tennessee? Oh, actually, they're leaving high-tax states and going to those states. We're talking with Dave Traubert, CEO of the Kansas Policy Institute, about the Kansas policy tax effort that took place under Sam Brownback. Friends, we'll continue this conversation when we return. You're listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by the Centennial Institute.